You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, y'all. It's Amir Yasai with the take on for the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm so excited to have you guys. And guess who I have? My really, really good friend, director extraordinaire, Asad Yaqub. Yes, Yaqub, honey. I'm Persian. He's living. What was that? I said, yay. Yay. Oh, you're such a doll, honey. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just, you know, surviving COVID. Yes. I mean, we are all trying as things kind of open up a little bit. Um, there's a lot going on in the world, obviously, with the protests and COVID. There's a lot in the world that is going on. Um, I wanted to dive right in um, and chat about that. You know, obviously, both of us being, you know, uh, Middle Eastern, uh, we've always kind of being in entertainment. It can feel at times like, you know, you're on an island. Um, I want to know a little bit about your start in entertainment, you know, being a director. Um, you uh, directed Cherry Pop, which was on Netflix, and like countless music videos and short films and commercials for a lot of drag queens. And you just really created a niche for yourself in the industry. Um, how did you get started? I want to kind of know a little bit about how you got into entertainment. Yeah, um, I fell into it. Like I was studying in Lebanon studio arts. Um, and then my teacher there was like, you're wasting your time. You need to go to America. <laughs> and so I never thought of coming here because my parents never let me. Mm. So then I applied to school here and I got into film school, um, oh. not knowing anything about film or if I would like it, to be perfectly honest with you. And I just went to New York <laughs> and turned out that I liked it. So I made a short film called Cherry Pop when I was in New York with Bob. This was like almost eight years. Yeah, it's eight years ago now. And Bob and I just became very good friends from that point. Bob being Bob the Drag Queen. Um, and that was my first thing I really did, which was Cherry Pop the Short. And so that then I just did the festival circuit with that. Um, and because of that, I decided to do the feature as my thesis for my master's program in LA. Amazing. So I, so there was, it, it's funny, like, it seems like a lot of people in entertainment, when you ask them, they kind of, a lot of times will say like, we fell into it. And it's like, it's almost like you were meant to be here. Cause I think a lot of people in LA and entertainment are so forcing themselves in and it just seemed like it, it naturally worked out for you. Like That's, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not even lying. Like, I never knew anything about like film, camera, mm -hmm. nothing, nothing. I was like, I didn't even know directing was a job till I applied <laughs> to it. Like I was, I didn't know anything. And then I was like, oh, I really like this and I'm good at it. So I just stuck with it. That is so funny. I love that. I yeah. love that. I think it's, you know what? I think it's a lot of people even on Broadway or any kind of performer can relate to that as well. It's like you go and you learn a couple skills, you get an agent, you move forward. But at the end of the day, like, it's almost like you either have the ability or don't, which I, I think is great. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm -hmm. interesting. It, it's, it's very, it, it's like we always, I don't know, I'm trying even with my own career, like certain stuff, like, trying not to force it. Like if it's meant to be like, it'll happen, right? You get certain opportunities um, and then you kind of get, you know, disappointed if it doesn't work out. Were there any opportunities like earlier on in your career where you were like, I really want this. And like, it didn't work out, but then it not working out was actually a good thing in the long run. Um, to be honest, no. 
I'm not going to lie. Like everything I said at the beginning that I set out to do, like happened. No. <laughs> yeah. You should um, keep that to yourself. People are going to hate on you. I love that. <laughs> truth. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to do a feature. I did a feature and then I sold it. I think the only thing that I wanted to happen and it still hasn't happened for me yet is getting representation. I've been doing everything by myself until now. I'm still doing everything myself. I think that's the only thing. I feel like I slipped through the cracks and like no agent or manager has found me yet. Wow, that's insane. I want to talk about that a little bit. And if any agents or managers are listening, they better scoop you up because they're... I think that you are number, not only one of the hardest working people I know, but like so talented to have such a strong eye. But I want to talk about that because a lot of people will sit around and be like, oh, I'll make it once an agent or manager comes along. And I love that you were just like, no, like I'm going to do my own thing. So talk to me a little bit about doing that. Like just kind of making your own way. Yeah. So, I mean, when I did Cherry Pop, obviously I I didn't expect to get repped yet because I mean, I had nothing really big. So then I did the feature by hustling, you know, like word of mouth, finding people where people work, like Mm -hmm. detox and all these other drag queens. I just found out where they were going to be. And then I would show up to their jobs and be like, I want to win my movie. And I mean, I will tell the story. She said no so many times and I kept harassing her until she said yes to be my movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're going to be like, okay, I want you in it. And then she did it. Um, but then after that, I expected, well, this is something that people should learn. Like it's something you, until you go through it or someone tells you, you're not going to know the truth. And I just expected once my movie was sold to Netflix, I was like, oh, done. Like first time filmmaker. This was my thesis in film school. I sold it to Netflix. Everyone's going to come looking for me. And right. the complete opposite happened. Like it was like no one contacted me. I didn't hear from anyone. And that was tough at the beginning. Cause I was like, what's wrong? Like what's wrong with me? But to be fair, like I'm so thankful. I had friends like Bob who gave me a chance to direct music videos. Cause I never did that before I started working with mm-hmm. Bob and Patrice and they just gave me a shot. And because of that, um, <clears throat> I just started contacting other Queens and they would mm-hmm. see that this, I did Purse First was my first video. And <laughs> That's a great video. People <laughs> saw that video and they were like, oh my God, who's this director? Like, who did this video? We kind of changed up the music video game in some way for the drag community. And um, I just kept hustling and contacting people. And uh, that's how I, I'm still working. I'll be literally go on Instagram and contact people and be like, hire me. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, It's funny because I... In some ways, the reason we're friends is because we have that hustle in common. Like, I will DM anyone. Like, I don't care how many followers you have. And you'd be surprised people respond. Um, oh, yeah. you know? We will respond. I mean, and if they don't, okay, who cares? Like, you're not going to, not everyone is going to respond to you. No. But people right. will respond. It, it Absolutely. Just, you just have to present yourself in a in a way that, that that excites them, I think. Exactly, exactly. And it's always, it's funny, a lot of the people that said no, I saw they came back later and they were like, oh, like so-and-so that was on your panel or did your show, like told me about you. And then they like, it, it, sometimes they come back around uh, as well. Yeah, it happened to me before where people have said no to being in, <clears throat> I remember someone, well, one name who said no to being in my short film of Cherry Pop. And mm-hmm. then years later, I met, bumped into them again and they thought that they did the short. And I was like, you said no. <laughs> Like, remember when we did the short film? I was like, you didn't do my film. You said no. Wow. Oh, my God. That's funny that they they were so, like, wrapped up in it. They thought they did it. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was like, 
like, you never did the film. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? I um, know. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Um, I love that you always keep it real and you were like, you didn't do it. Because a lot of people might in that moment be like, oh, yeah, like kind of play along. But I love that. I was like not playing this game. I was like, you said no to me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're not playing that um, Hollywood BS bullshit game. No, Um, I don't play that. <laughs> um, I thought I just wanted to go quickly back to when you said obviously you sold you know Cherry Pop to Netflix and it's like such a big moment. And I've heard a lot of creators say that Netflix sometimes will bury their movies or they'll show it for a week and then like it'll just like disappear. Um, do you think that like that's one of the reasons people didn't like reach out to you? Do you think that like it wasn't promoted enough? Like no, uh, I think the opposite because it was getting it was trending everywhere. Like okay. I'll be getting um, people will be sending me stuff on Instagram from all over the world, being like, Amazing. "Oh my god, your movie's trending on Netflix." I mean, and a lot of people saw it on there, so I don't think it was that, and I don't also think it's not Netflix's responsibility to promote my film. Right. Uh, I think pe- enough of the right articles came out, and people mm-hmm. saw it. I just don't know how I slipped through the cracks, and I'm still confused. Yeah. To be honest, I'm a little confused. And the only thing I can think of, which might be a stretch, I mean, again, we're very honest, so correct me if I'm wrong, but what's coming up for me is is a racial thing. Because I'm thinking, well, you're Middle Eastern, like, I just, I'm thinking if it was a white director. It could be that, it could be the drag topic, not Mm -hmm. my it's well with a lot. It's definitely, um, uh, the reason is definitely because it was a minority-based film in some way. Mm -hmm. Like, it's because Mm -hmm. of drag elements or because of me being Arab. I don't know. I'm not mm. going to blame someone for that because I have no idea what the answer is, but it right. definitely has to be one of those two things because if it was a movie about, I don't know, a white person living their life as a straight white male, and then um, mm. maybe people would have looked at it more or given me a chance. I don't know. I can't say it, but yeah. Right. It's hard to say because you know when it came out in 2017, like I feel like in the last three years, like, even though it's just three years, I think things have changed so much. Even the last, like, two weeks, things have changed I, so I much. Like, it, mm-hmm. I think if it came out, you know, like, now, I think it, especially with what's happened with drag, I mean, the fact that, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race is on VH1, and, like, literally, we're going from season 12 to Celebrity Drag to All-Stars. Like, it seems like if it, if there was, like, some sort of, like, re-release or a second one, I think people are... It seems like the masses are more here for drag. And, yeah, and they, no, you were now out on Hulu and Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously when you're out a second round, it's not as exciting. You know what I mean? For people, because they're like, okay, we've seen it. Because I think pretty much everyone has Netflix, but not everyone has like Hulu or Amazon Prime. So I think right. the people who needed to see my movie have already seen it at this point. You know, mm. the <clears throat> There are people who needed to see it have seen it, in my opinion, at this point. So right. I, I think with this, the ship has sailed for anyone to find me through Cherry Pop at this point. Right. So I don't know. I mean, all the music videos I've done have gotten a lot of press and views and still mm-hmm. no one has reached out. So I'm like, I guess the common theme with all my stuff is that it's drag and that I'm an Arab director. So those are the only mm-hmm. two things that are common with all my work as of now. Right. Right. Well, I think that like um, we can talk off um, the pod, like off the episode, yeah. but I can probably try to connect you with some people that are a bit more drag, you know, centric because you want someone that understands you. And I think in this industry, um, especially like even on Broadway, there's so much like, you know, 
with people of color or anyone that's not white, it's like, it's really hard to, or like anyone that's doing something different, like, is it queer centric? It's always hard. It's like, oh, you can be in Hamilton or you can be in one play or, or you can do this. I remember when I wanted to be an actor, it was like, oh, you can be a terrorist or the gay best friend or a taxi driver. Like you get to choose. (laughs) Three roles for Arabs. (laughs) So I think when it comes to representation, I think a lot of people don't realize that sometimes if you're in a niche like queer centric or you're a person of color, sometimes with representation, it can be hard um, to represent someone. But I think that's just kind of an excuse from back in the day. I think we need to update. Um, I was just wondering, what are your thoughts on all of that? I mean, for me, what I'm saying, the work I did, yes, it's been mainly drag related, Mm -hmm. but doesn't mean that's the only thing I can do. It's the thing that like I've been doing because that's the, like the connections I have were in that genre, I would say like the LGBT genre mm-hmm. <clears throat> doesn't mean I can't do anything else. So that's where I find it strange. I'm like, the work should just speak for itself. Like it holds up quality wise. So I don't get why content wise it has to be, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, like I can do other things content wise too. Absolutely. So I think it's, and I think it's, but it's a cop out. Like I think a lot of, I used to work for a talent manager and I would hear him on the phone. And a lot of times when it came to our black actors or our queer actors, it was a lot of like, well, there are no roles or do you think we should put them out for that? And I'm like, but that person might be black or queer or Middle Eastern, but they can do other stuff. Like, you know, so it's like, it's getting those opportunities. I think that people are not giving us the opportunities. I completely agree. Which is why you've made your opportunities. So I think what's your advice to people like that are kind of like us, right? Like have kind of forged their own way. What do you say to them? Do it. Like, right. I feel like find what you want to do, you know, and just make it happen. I I don't know what else to say. Like, don't be scared of people telling you no, because they're going to tell you no anyway. Like I've been told no so many times. And then I'm like, well, someone's going to say yes. And someone eventually did. You know what I mean? So that I think that's the most important. Absolutely. I mean, you only need one yes, right? People are always looking for a hundred yeses. I'm like, you really only need one person to be like, I get it. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you need one yes, and then after that job is done, you need another yes, and then you need to keep finding those yeses. But you can But yeah, like I mean, after every gig, you have to find the next gig yourself because you're right. not ready. So I think that the struggle is like keep on hustling gig after gig after gig it's like okay i've been doing this only i mean i've only been working for three years so it's not like i've been working for 10 years and i'm struggling and it's only been three years since i started working so which is crazy the amount of things that you've been able to do which i think comes from looking for that next yes right which i think is a great memoir title for you by the way yeah looking for the next yes (laughs) and it works in so many ways because it could be work or it could be pleasure i mean it could be a man um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. I mean, I, it really says a lot about, you know, a career that's only spanning three years, but you've done all these music videos and you've been able to be involved in so many different avenues of entertainment. I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite part of working on a music video set? Like what about it is so, um, I love that you can be super experimental. Mm-hmm. That's fun for me I think because when you're doing narrative there's obviously a certain way you have to film things you know continuity becomes a thing and I think with like music videos you can just really go balls to the wall crazy and I have with certain videos and then some of them I sometimes I feel like okay I want to go back to my narrative background 
and I'll make a narrative music video. So you get to do everything. And right. I like telling a story in like three, four minutes with no, pretty much no dialogue. It's fun for me. Wow. That's amazing. It's cool that like, there's a lot more freedom and you know, you can tell even remember making the video. Did you ever see that on MTV? Yes. I remember. I love that. So every time I'd watch that, I'd always be like doing a music video seems a lot more free. And especially with drag queens are obviously willing to take some risks. Who's like, I mean, you've done, you Bibi Zahara, you've done Plastique, obviously Bob the Drag Queen. What's one of your favorites? Um, my top would be, I would say, <clears throat> sorry, I love the one I did with Plastique. Like mm-hmm. look wise, it's gorgeous. I love the video I did with Evie, oddly as well. I think that was mm-hmm. Um, yet another dig for Bob the Drag Queen. And then I, 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 I like a lot of my videos. The one I did with BB recently is one of my favorites. I like a lot of my videos. I'm not going to lie. I think they're Good. just in Aja's videos are so beautiful too. Um, yeah, just, I, there's, I don't have a favorite to be honest. I love that. Well, is there yeah. one queen that like is willing to take the most risks? Like they're like, let's just go balls to the wall. Let's go cray cray yeah, on every yeah. video. Bob and Aja are very mm-hmm. much risk takers with their videos. They're like, Asad, just have fun. Oh, I love that. That must be so fun as a director to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like, for, I have more experience working with Aja because I've done six, five of her videos, I think, five or six of them. And so like, we've had more time to explore. Rather, I've only done two of Bob's videos. So me and Aja really have had the time to be like, okay, I trust you. Let's have fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I mean, did you ever guess, like, being a kid in Lebanon, you'd just be working with drag queens and living your best life? I mean, it's kind no, of amazing. No, drag queens existed. I was, I grew up in Dubai. I would never, I've never thought I was going to be living in America. My parents always mm. told me, you will never go to America. Like, just get that in your head. Wow. That's kind of crazy that, like, now you have this, like, life where I feel like, in some ways, like, you have this, like, drag family and community and yeah. you've created that, you know? It is. It's very crazy to me to think that. Like, I, I never even knew what drag queens were. And then now I'm in L.A. working with them. So I think that's <laughs> It's kind of amazing. I mean, it says a lot for people who think that things are impossible. But you're all about making your own way. And I think, you know, obviously with what's going on with the Black Lives Matter protest and there's, you know, pride is happening simultaneously. Have yeah. you been able to kind of, in some ways like see the impact of your work because you know you're creating space for queer actors like you know with cherry pop and other projects um and you know obviously with your music video and you're working on short films like it's it's kind of amazing that in some ways you're creating space for people that might have not had it like how does that feel i mean i've always that's been something big for me to always be like diversity is very important i think bob Mm -hmm. made a tweet one day when when drag race won the Emmy last year, like a bunch of Emmys. And then uh, RuPaul came up and it was all white people with him and Mm. people were criticizing RuPaul. And then Bob made a tweet saying, "Um, drag race has a lot of diversity and I've only been on two sets that have more diversity than drag race. And he mentioned my movie being one of the sets. Mm -hmm. And so that made me really proud because that's something Mm. I constantly make an effort to do. Like I like to work with a diverse crew from all over the world. Like I'll have a, DP from, from another country, uh, like I'll have women, the people of color, just a big, diverse queer people, just everything on my set. And I make that a point. 
For sure. I love that. I mean, I, I think it's all about being intentional. I think a lot of people, I remember like I have friends who are trans actresses a couple years ago. There are no trans roles. There are no, like we, there's no queer, um, you know, grips, like, but yeah. you say those things and then those people don't feel like they can take that job. So I, I love that you're creating that. Yeah, I mean, it is, you have to, it's our responsibility of people. We're the ones hiring. It's our responsibility to be conscious about who we're hiring. It's not like, no, just hire anyone. No, like, let's make sure we're hiring diverse people. It is a conscious effort. You, and, and you ha- it is an effort that someone has to make. <laughs> it's not just going to happen by itself. It's like you have to put in the work to find people that are diverse and that are good at the jobs as well. Like, you're not, I'm not going to hire someone just because I want to create a diversity quota as well. Like you have to make sure that they're qualified for the job equally as much as a white person would have been. Absolutely. There's this one thing that Ashley Graham said that I really liked. She was like, I'm a curvy model, but I'm also the best runway person in the world. So like, you're not hiring me because I'm curvy. You're hiring me because I'm the fucking best runway walk, but I just happen to be curvy. So you're getting that kind of body positive check mark. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, that's what you have to do. You just have to find the best person for the job. And if it happens to also be a person of color, great. But you also right. have to look, give those people the chance to apply for those jobs. And if you have to, mm-hmm. look at them. you can't just be like, oh, these are the only people that applied. I doubt that every job is only applied by white people. Like, I'm sure people of color apply for everything, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard though. Like, you know, that project that we even worked on and we were, we were pitching it, it yeah. was a lot of like, why do you need to have, like, I was like, I want to have people of color on camera and off. And they're like, well, why are you making those decisions now? Like you haven't even sold it. And I'm like, but that's when you need to make the decision, not when the project is already sold. And then you're like, oh, now I want people of color. They're going to be like, well, no, it's already done. Yeah. Like not in your hands much anymore. Like you have more control at the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think it's just about being intentional. And I think that you're doing that. And I, I really much applaud that. So I love that. Thank you. Of course. Um, let's play a game now because I think okay. it's time for a little fun. Yeah. Um, you know, the world is, there's a lot going on in the world. So <laughs> uh, let's play a fun game. Okay. So first off, I want to know, so if you're going to go on a deserted island, um, who are you taking with you from the drag race world? Um, Bob, the drag queen. Bob. Yeah, without question. Like we have so much fun together. We're very, very close. He's also, I've known him for 10 years. So I definitely would take him. Got it. And and just to be shady, because, you know, I like to be a little shady. Who are you leaving behind? Um, Gia Gunn. <laughs> um, we relate on that very much so. Um, I sign off on that big time. Uh, let's, <laughs> before we get too shady, let's skedaddle along. So I want to know, okay, so obviously with quarantine, a lot of people are doing haircuts and dyeing their own hair as salons start to kind of open up. Yes. But what do you think about that trend of people cutting their own hair? and you know, my own hair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I mean but I, I think it's fine like you can cut your own hair I know a lot of friends that have been doing it before quarantine but I just changed the sides of my head I was like okay and it worked I've never did it before but I used to shave my head all the time because I used to be completely mm-hmm. bald before my hair implants so I used to shave my head all the time but now mm-hmm. I have hair so I need to figure out what mm-hmm. to do with it <laughs> oh Yes, honey, work that hair. Listen, there's nothing wrong with working that hair. I'm here for it. Yeah, I um, it. I might as well work it. <laughs> Listen, if you pay for it, you better work it. Um, I'm here for that. 
Um, I also wanted to ask you, so a lot of people are doing like the quarantine dating, like they're texting and they've never met each other, but they're doing like kind of like love is blind dating. Yeah. Are you here for that kind of dating or not? Um, I've been going on like, I, but I don't do the texting thing too much. I hate texting. I just mm-hmm. sound stupid when I text. I don't know why. I just can't convey myself with text. So I do <laughs> a lot of FaceTime dating, but nothing really. Yeah. And just like FaceTime dates. I'm like, okay, cool. Not interested. <clears throat> <laughs> I love that. Cool. Not interested. Next. I, like I prefer being in person. I've always been that type where I'd rather be in person. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm that like I like engaging and I like meeting people. In, like I like to meet someone at a bar rather than online. Right. Like, absolutely. Like, same here. Difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, listen, it's like, it's weird because it's, this is like what we're in the situation we're in. So people are make, do, doing the best they can, but I'm the same way. When I text for some reason, it doesn't translate my personality at all. Me too. So, I sound like a robot. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> Yeah, like someone will be like, I had a nice day, and I'm like, great. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I sound like an ESL person as well. Like, I don't know how to speak English. And then already, like, they think, like, my name is Arab. So they're like, oh, right. that probably has no clue how to talk or speak English. And then they talk to me, and they're like, oh, wow, no, you can speak. I was like, yeah, that's my forte, talking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that is our forte, honey. We love to talk, love talk, talk. talk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is your favorite song right now? Like, there's a lot of bops coming out. People are releasing music in quarantine. Is there any song that you're like, for some reason I I got stuck on the, I don't know if it's new or not, but it's new to me. The little mix song called Wasabi. And I really like it. Oh, I haven't heard that yet. I got to listen to that. It sucks, but the, the, it's like their worst video, I think, but they did it like, on tour with their camcorders like it's it was so like homemade style i just am not into that at all i'm like just wait. I don't really like the homemade style either no i'm like just wait and do a proper video like fuck off <laughs> well they're trying to be like we're so authentic but it just comes off like very forced yeah it just doesn't come off authentic at all it's like you're not sitting with your dancers chilling like i don't believe that yeah, I love when they do that. I'm like, you guys are not in the same hotel room. You know that like... like, don't lie to me. You're not clubbing with them. Whatever. <laughs> it's so forced. I, I so agree with that. I always think I'm like, you made these poor dancers come into your presidential suite to do a TikTok and they go back to their one bedroom room. Right. Like, yeah. So like, or they're sleeping on the bus. Fuck that. They didn't even have a room. <laughs> that is so bus. true. Um, <laughs> That is so funny. I love that. I like um, <laughs> what was that? I, I said, but I do like the song. <laughs> no, I got to check it out. Um, I'm so here for um, any new music that I can check out. I love that. Yay. Yay. Um, well, I thought I've had so much fun with you, but just to wrap up, I wanted to ask you um, for people, like we talked a little bit about kind of hustling yeah. and being your authentic self and pushing through, even if you don't have a manager, like don't sit around and wait for your career to come knocking, you know, I, go find it. It's not going to come. <laughs> it's not going to come, honey. It is not going to come. This. You're going to have to do it yourself and find someone that believes in you some way. Well, you know what? Let's be honest. Between us, squirrel friends, sometimes doing it yourself is better anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean. I think um, at <laughs> the beginning, I think at the beginning, well, it's important to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So I was going to ask you, like, what advice do you have beyond that for people that are getting into the industry? Is it because obviously, like, yes, of course, you don't you might not have representation, but you are the best at your job. Like I've worked with you on set. You know everything. You're very knowledgeable. So is that kind of an angle? Like, how do people educate yourself? Really? Like, I I knew nothing till I went to film school. I'm not advocating that only filmmakers from film school become filmmakers. But mm-hmm. people who who make it that didn't go to film school studied it and like educated themselves. It's a craft at the end of the day. Not anyone can do it or else everyone would do it, in my opinion. So like learn what, what you're getting into, like study it and be serious about it. <clears throat> like I don't fuck around when I'm on set. Like I have fun and my sets are fun, but I'm serious about my work as well. So I think that's very important is that it is a serious job. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember when we were on set, I was like, daddy, you were like, you were so <laughs> in this <laughs> I mean, you have to, like, we can joke, we can laugh, but when it's work time, it's work time. Absolutely. Which, which is, I think, really great advice. I think a lot of people see entertainment, you know, they see Broadway, they oh, see Hollywood, yeah, they see all this. But it's not just fun. It's a lot of work. Absolutely. And it, I think there's a, there is a glamorizing effect to it. And I, I remember even when I worked at the manager's office, it's like you get glamorized like, oh, Hollywood celebrities, but it's a lot of work. Like it's a lot of early mornings and late nights and, you know, touring and yeah. it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, don't fall for like the Hollywood bullshit, I think. Cause I fell mm-hmm. for it a few times where it's like, you get excited from someone selling you something, but they're selling you bullshit. Like There's that's, you have to learn how to sift through after a while. I think yeah, that's the experience, but I guess acknowledging that it exists helps you sift through it earlier. Absolutely. Well, I think it's, it's experience as well. Like now I kind of know when someone's like, oh, oh my God, I love you. You're going to be on, we're going to get your own show in two weeks. I'm like oh, this person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The people, people sell me shit all the time. Like, oh my God, I said, like, we're going to do a movie. It's happening, but there's no money in it. Like you learn now what the right questions to ask as well. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You want to movie? Is there a budget? Is there, do you have the funds? If you don't have the funds. I don't believe it's happening until I see the money right. in the bank. It's not happening to me. And that's what I've learned from now on. Right. Just Which is smart. It's not asking the right questions, right? Yeah, I think you learn the right questions to ask. And I think that just comes with experience, honestly. Absolutely. I mean, I I think that you definitely have, you know, figured out your, you know, corner of the industry and you've really are doing it flawlessly. So I, as your friend and, you know, longtime admirer of your work, I am so happy to be able to chat with you. I like, of course, I wish you all the best. And just tell us where people can follow you to kind of stay in touch and see more of your work. Yes. um, At Asad Yaqub on Instagram. And then my website is asadyaqub.com. I made it really easy for people to find me. It's just my Easy, easy breezy. And if any agents or managers are listening, you would be stupid not to scoop up Assad right now. Come get me. <laughs> Come get me right now. Yeah, um, Hollywood. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I wish you all the best and thank you for being here, everyone. Love you all. Thanks, Assad. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. 
You can find out more about me and The Take On at bpn.fm backslash The Take On. And of course, on my Instagram at Amir Yas official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate The Take On wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.